Hello, and welcome to episode three of Take These Songs, the podcast about music lovers and the songs that they are committed to. My name is Madalano Martin. I am the host and creator of this podcast. And first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for checking out the podcast. We're relatively new. This is only our third episode, but already we're starting to see our numbers grow, and I cannot thank you enough for that. If you would like to help the podcast even more, even more than just listening and downloading this episode and our other episodes, you can rate and review the podcast. It's very important, or so we've been told. I don't know if that's true. A lot of other podcasters like to talk about how important it is, so it's probably true, but it might just be some sort of narcissism pyramid scheme. I don't know, but let's find out together. You take a few minutes, leave us a quick review, a quick rating, hopefully positive, both of those things, but you know, you do you, however you're feeling about it. We don't want to stifle your honesty. I will report back to you in future episodes if those ratings and those reviews are making a significant change to the listenership of the podcast and the profile of the podcast. It'll be like a little science experiment that we do together. Of course, you can always share episodes of the podcast on social media. That would be amazing. Help us spread the word about what we think is a pretty cool podcast. If you are brand new to the podcast, we'll break it down for you really quickly. Guests are invited to bring their thoughts about four songs. Songs that fall under the categories of something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Something old is any song that is at least 25 years old. Something new is any song released within the last year. Something borrowed is a cover. And something blue is any song that the guest has a strong emotional connection to. Before we get into this episode and the amazing guest on it, I do want to let you know that I do have a show coming up that I want to promote to you, the listeners of this podcast. If you do not know, my day job, my regular employment is a stand-up comedian. That's what I do for a living, and I have a show coming up that I want to let you know about. Could I have made this more awkward? Probably, but we'll let this be as awkward as it gets. Thursday, February 24th, I will be headlining Helium Comedy Club in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, Tickets available at heliumcomedy.com. Click on the Indianapolis link. My picture will pop up. You'll click on that. It'll take you right to the tickets. It's very easy. Unless, of course, you're listening to this episode after the show already happened, in which case you'll just catch me next time. It'll be fine. Let's get to the podcast itself and our amazing guest, Gwen Sunkel. Gwen Sunkel is a comedian based out of Indianapolis. Uh, I'm very lucky to call Gwen a friend. She's a fantastic stand-up comedian, fantastic person, and a deep-thinking music fan, as you're about to hear on this episode of the podcast. Her debut album, No More Tears, comes out this week, Friday, February 25th, available on On Tour Records, all the usual online outlets. I'll give you a little bit more information about that later on in the podcast. One quick technical note about this episode there is a slight scratching noise that you will hear from time to time. It's very subtle. It's mostly in the background. You may not even notice it, but I did want to address it. That is 100% my fault. When sending out information to guests on the different ways they could record their segments and send them back to me to be edited into an episode, I gave Gwen some bad information. The scratching noise that you will sometimes hear is the built-in microphone in the cable of her headphones brushing up against her shirt. Again, this is an oversight on my part as a producer. We are a new podcast. We are learning as we go. It is not that noticeable. And in fact, you probably won't even notice it after the first minute or two. Your brain will just sort of filter it out. But I did want to address it. And I did want to let you know that it's not on Gwen. It is 100% on me. And uh, we'll do better going forward. The quality of this podcast, uh, we're, we're working towards something 
very professional and we'll get there and we appreciate your patience and understanding. Okay, with that out of the way, let's jump into this episode with Gwen Sunkel and her selections for Take These Songs. Hey everybody, I'm Gwen Sunkel and I'm a stand-up comedian from Indianapolis and I'm so excited to be here today on Take These Songs. Um, not only are the songs that I chose um, fitting to the theme of something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue, um, but they also have a, a kind of a secondary theme special for me in that they are songs that I love to sing. And uh, so I hope you're going to have fun um, hearing about some of the stories behind these songs. So the first um, song that I chose for something old um, is the Violent Femmes song, Please Do Not Go. Um, and this is off their self-titled 1983 album. Uh, so the song is almost as old as I am. On this lovely girl Cause to me she mean all the world I started listening to the violent femmes because I had a friend um, named Amy and we got one of those Columbia House record subscriptions where you get like 13 CDs for a penny or something and we would just like sign up for these over and over again and then like get the free CDs and then cancel them but it was very hard to cancel them and sometimes there was you know we all we've all been part of a pyramid scheme before um, and this was um, a, an album that Amy had picked I had never heard of the Violent Femmes and when I listened to it it just really made my heart sing in a way Like, I, I loved how, like, simple a lot of the guitar parts were and then how, like, the bass really takes center stage in a lot of their songs, especially in, in this one particularly. I, I guess a lot of my um, music taste, like, kind of growing up in, like, adolescence, middle school, teenage years when you kind of start forming your own musical tastes and maybe also... Um, have disposable income to like buy your own tapes, CDs, whatever. That a lot of the music that I enjoyed listening to uh, could be described as like music you would shoot dope to, I guess. Like I, I which I never did growing up in the cornfields of Indiana. But I listened to a lot of like Alice in Chains and Nirvana, Hole, um, Silverchair, Garbage. All, all, you know, all the the typical '90s grunge stuff. But I did really particularly lean toward a lot of the like heavier stuff. So when I heard this Violent Femmes record, I was like, wow, this is. This still has like the feeling of rock and roll and, you know, again, something, something that you could really shoot up to. Can I say that on this podcast? I hope so, because I've said it twice now. But also like you could sing along to it. You know, I loved singing. Um, I, I was I've always been in choirs and, um, you know, sang as 
part of church and school and whatever my whole life. So I, I loved that this was rock music that highlighted like a really beautiful and creative vocal style. I kind of feel like the Violent Femmes are what Rockabilly wishes it was. Um, you know, it's like music that's just great to put on and have a good time to and party to and like makes you feel a nostalgia and it's like easy to play and easy to bop to. But like if you have some more talent, you know, you can throw some some little bits and pieces in. But Rockabilly took it like three stops too far and just sucks. Uh, if you hate the aesthetic of rockabilly but are like, what if they dialed it back a bit, try the Violent Femmes. You might um, really enjoy them. This song in particular is super fun to harmonize with. There are a, a lot of parts where you know it's very easy to be like kind of a um, an alto like lower part or like a like a soprano over the top type part, and it's fun to sing along as the lead vocals where you know you get really get to you know make some of those noises and like get out some aggression you know and and have have some fun with that but then also if you're just you know feeling feeling like a supportive background role those background vocals give you lots of opportunity for fun playing around i love i love this song i love uh the vibe of it and i hope you like it too my next choice is a little bit of a cheat um i will be the first to admit that but you'll see why there's a good reason. So for something new, I picked I Knew You Were Trouble, uh, Taylor's version from Taylor Swift's re-release of her album, uh, Red. If you don't know, a lot about the background of Taylor Swift. They're, they're doing a class on it at NYU, so um, you know, feel free to sign up for that to get all the background. But basically, for her first six albums, she was you know with a record company called Big Machine Records, and then in um, 2018, she went to uh, like a much larger uh, record company. And Big Machine Records like owns the the masters and like the rights to her music or whatever. And like she probably wouldn't have been okay with it, but then they sold it to this guy who's um, kind of a jerk and she didn't feel comfortable with him owning the masters to her music. So she is re-recording those first six albums. And I know all the non-Taylor Swift fans who listen to this podcast are rolling their eyes or turning it off or pressing fast forward. But I really, really encourage you to give this a second listen if you were, you know, kind of wrote off the first version of Red. Because first of all, Taylor's voice has matured so much that these, you know, 
these are age appropriate songs for her now. You know, it was hard to buy the idea of like a, you know, 19 year old singing about all the terrible heartbreak she's experienced in her life. Now, it just makes a lot more uh, sense coming from someone with a, just like a little bit more like power and like warmth and strength to her voice, which you can only get through age. You know, your, your, your voice just doesn't reach maturity until you're a little bit uh, older. So, you know, vocals on, on point. Uh, and then she has also made, you know, some artistic changes, you know, kind of sonically where she puts like some distortion in. Um, and it, it's just a really, really wonderful reworking of what was already a really fun and good song. And so this came out November 12th, um, 2021, so a few months ago. Another reason that I chose this song is a very good friend of mine, um, also a stand-up comedian, Aaron Carr, huge Taylor Swift fan, bit bigger than I am uh, even. And she loved Taylor Swift. She loved this song, even though it was like maybe not one of her most popular radio hits. People thought it was kind of weird. And it is it is a little weird. I, and I like that, though. It starts out as this kind of like poppy, like once upon a time, a few mistakes ago. And then it, you know, gets into the part where she's talking about, I knew you were trouble when you walked in, um, you know, just really hits hits it hard. Just so musically different and it really it, it's that feeling of like when you meet someone and they change your life it was like you know oh everything was going along and fine and then boom And so Aaron and I would, would sometimes drive to gigs together and, and we, would lo we loved singing along to Taylor Swift. Um, she was, Aaron was also like totally stoked on the idea that Taylor was um, reclaiming her first six albums and not letting this guy who, you know, has bullied her and like publicly shamed her and, and just, you know, been kind of a dude that has expressed less than their his best interests toward her uh that she she was like well fine i'll i'll, I'll do it my way um aaron aaron was a lot like that she she um instead of being like oh this doesn't work she's like i'll do it myself i'll i'll, I'll do it my own way myself and i love that about her and i loved that about taylor swift aaron uh passed away in August and so she didn't get to hear this version um, but I think she would have loved it
Hey everyone, Matt here, jumping in just for a second to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Limestone Comedy Festival. The Limestone Comedy Festival is a three-day stand-up and podcast comedy festival taking place May 12th through the 14th in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. Headliners this year include Bob the Drag Queen, James Adomian, Chad Daniels, Irene Tu, Emil Joachim, Emma Willman, Caitlin Palufo, The Mike Adams Show, and so much more. Check it out at limestonefest.com. Badges go on sale the first week of March. Individual show tickets on sale not long after that. It's the greatest weekend of your life, Volume 9, Limestone Comedy Festival. All the details you need can be found at limestonefest.com. Okay, that's it. That's all I needed to tell you about. Let's jump back into the podcast and discover Gwen's selections for Something Borrowed and Something Blue. For my Something Borrowed song, I've chosen the Indigo Girls cover of Bob Dylan's Tangled Up in Blue, performed live at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco in August of 1992, and appearing on their live compilation and rarities album, 1200 Curfews. Early one morning the sun was shining I was laying in bed Wondering if she changed it all If her hair was still red I love the Indigo Girls. Um, as I got a little bit older, you know, my music taste softened a little bit weirdly. You know, the Indigo Girls, Tori Amos, um, Liz Fair, you know, some of those kinds of things started creeping into my musical lexicon as well. Ani DeFranco, um, you know, all that angry, angsty teen girl rock. Um, also, like, felt a connection to the Indigo Girls because I went to college in Atlanta, and um, at the at the time, they they owned a lot of restaurants there, and and were were still like very active and part of the Atlanta community and the LGBTQ scene. So this is one of those CDs that came as a double disc and was like the size of two CDs stacked together, and they were always like super expensive but I knew this was a this was a good one and it was worth shelling out the money for because a, a friend of mine had it and I listened to her copy of it I love this song for a lot of reasons um like I said this this is definitely a favorite sing-along song of mine my sister also loves the indigo girls and other like um harmonize folky type music and we love to sing together. Our, our voices harmonize really well together, probably because we, we share some DNA and stuff like that, but our, our voices harmonize beautifully together. So we love to, you know, sing together. And the Indigo Girls were a particular favorite of ours because both um, Amy and Emily take kind of take turns, like taking the lead in the songs. So we would do, we would like, be in the car on a road trip or something and we'd go we'd sing it through one time with one of us singing Emily's part and then sing it through another time and we'd switch and that person would sing Amy's part again just really fun music to harmonize with I 
again someday on the avenue Sangled up in blue I was living in the great north woods Working as a cook for a spell But I never did like it all that much And one day the axe just fell Secondly, um, I, I have tried to like Bob Dylan um, so hard, and I just, I just can't. I just absolutely can't. Um, but this is a terrific version of that song. First of all, you can understand the lyrics um, in this version, so you, so you know what's going on. You get the story behind it. I think previously, anytime I've heard Bob Dylan's version, I'm I'm trying to decipher whatever you know marble mouth bullshit he's he's trying to say. I really have tried, you guys. I've tried, and I just don't care for it. I've seen him in, uh, live twice, like trying. People are like, "Oh, you got to see him live." That's the thing. And he had to be like propped up on his piano. Like it was bad, you guys. It was bad. So I just don't get it as hard as I've tried. So um, when, when this version came along, I was like, oh, this is something Bob Dylan related that I really like, that I really like. So... I was a little bit excited for that. Again, great harmonies. They they bring in such a such a fun sound, and uh, you know you can just imagine them playing this live at like uh, a a big venue like the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco, where they you know can bring in you know multiple guitar players and and you know they've got a fiddle and it, it just sounds so full and rich and beautiful and captures the emotion of that song so beautifully about like these fleeting moments where you know no matter what this guy does he keeps coming back to this love that he could never like make work and i think it it captures an emotion of like regret a little bit that I think is like hard to capture in other kind of art forms. Um, so I, I like that about it a lot. And then she opened up a book of poems and handed it to me, written by an Italian poet from the 13th century. Every one of those words rang true and glowed like burning coal. It is an eight-minute song, so carve out some time in your day if you're going to listen to this, but it's worth it, and it's worth it to listen to the end. The whole album is really worth a listen. Like I said, it's all um, live performances or like, you know, kind of rare recordings that you know, didn't appear on, on like their other studio albums. So I, I just really encourage you to like dig in and enjoy it if you enjoy like big, like live performances of, of things because they're so good about, like I said, um, you know, usually whatever opening band 
open for them. You know, they invite all of those musicians back on stage to really, you know, give it that like joyful community feel um, to their music. So for my Something Blue song, could have just gone with Tangled Up in Blue again, <laughs> but what I'm going to um, pick today is, is the song Name by the Goo Goo Dolls off of their 1995 release, A Boy Named Goo. The Goo Goo Dolls were one of those bands that kind of slipped through the super hard rock phase of my music appreciation. Not that like some of the songs on their albums weren't, you know, definitely harder than the stuff that got like a lot of radio play. But this the song is, is particularly, you know, nothing nothing really hard about it. It is touching and emotional and raw and vulnerable in a way that is not cheesy, that is, is sometimes so hard to do in music. And again, I think this is a song that really finds a way to capture the emotion of regret. I grew up kind of moving around a lot as a kid. We, um, you know, just due to my dad's job, uh, relocated really frequently. And it always felt like, you know, you never have enough time with people, you know, every, every, like friendships always felt like super temporary and, and like enjoy it while you have it because it, it never lasts like as long as you want to. And I, I never like had any particular like event related to this song or like, you know, danced with anyone at a middle school dance or, you know, had someone play it while we were, you know, feeling each other up in the backseat. None of that. I don't know why I have this deep emotional connection to it. I used to be on the swim team in um, elementary and middle school and the event that I kind of like specialized and did best in was uh, like the long distance swimming. So and when you're in eighth grade, it's like um, 500 meters. So it's like 20 laps up and down to the pool. And the, the key to that particular event is is like consistency and it's about figuring out what speed you need to swim at for the whole race. So 
that you, you can finish it. Like, you know, fantastic if you, you can get a lap and a half ahead of everybody else, but can you keep that pace up for the entire 500 meters? And they would have like somebody at the at the end, like you would get one of your friends to, uh, they, there was this like board with like numbers that you could flip and they would put it in the water so you didn't like lose track how many laps you had swam. So to help with consistency for me, it, it really helps me to like sing a song and like kind of swim to the the kind of beat of that song. And Name was a song that worked really well for me if I was, you know, swimming, maybe not like race pace, but like a little bit slower, you know, like if I get practice, you do like even longer than 500 meters so that like 500 meters doesn't feel like as much later. So like on long swims, this was a song that felt like very like easy and natural to sing along with. It's such a, like a touching song that even just re-listening to it here um, for this podcast, like honestly got me choked up a little bit. The other kind of weird connection, like emotional connection I have to this song is when I was in high school and college, I drove this 1995 GeoTracker, which only had an AM FM radio. It did not have like a CD player or a tape player. So I would drive back and forth from my parents' house in Indiana to college in Atlanta, or I would go from Atlanta to Memphis to visit friends and things like that. So I, you know, a lot of, lot of road trips taken in this car. And because I didn't have like, like any way to play any kind of media, I knew where like all the radio stations were in, you know, every like town or city that I drove through. For some reason, the DJ for the kind of like alt rock station in Nashville, anytime I was driving through Nashville, would play this song. Like they're contractually obligated or something. And like long after this was popular, like or like a chart topping hit. I mean, we're talking into like the 2010s, you know, this song would come on every time I'm driving through Nashville. And it would affect me so much. That, like, I would have to pull my car over to like console myself because I, I would start crying like that's how much of like an emotional pull this song has on me. So yeah, maybe it's the pain associated with like long distance swims or just the way that it perfectly captures the idea of our, the impermanence of our relationships. Beautiful song to sing as well, um, out loud or in your head as you're swimming laps. Uh, yeah, a lot of overlap in these songs. We've got two things that are kind of blue, 
two things, that, two songs that kind of really talk about regret. All the songs that I like to sing uh, along to. So thanks so much for listening. We did it. Episode three of Take These Songs in the Books and in Your Heart. Thanks so much, Gwen, for doing the podcast. You knocked it out of the park. I got to say, if I can be a little braggy, we're batting 100 so far. Mike Adams, William Elliott Whitmore, Gwen Sunkel, all three of them absolutely crushing it. All three of them giving us intimate looks into what these songs mean to them. And Gwen, thank you so much for doing the podcast. I cannot recommend Gwen's stand-up comedy enough, you guys. She is a fantastic stand-up comedian. You absolutely need to get her brand new album coming out this Friday. The album is called No More Tears. It's going to be released on On Tour Records. And it is available for pre-order right now at GwenSunkel.com. You should also follow Gwen on all the social medias. She is on Instagram and Twitter at Gwenderwoman. It's just like Wonder Woman, but instead of W-O, it's Gwen. It's her first name. So Gwenderwoman at Twitter and Instagram. Follow her on social media and pre-order the album No More Tears today. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us, particularly this episode with a slight technical difficulty. Uh, we appreciate you hanging in there. Uh, and like I said, I bet you probably didn't even notice it by the end of the episode. Take These Songs is created and hosted by Madalano Martin. That's me. Our theme music is from Go To Space Die. Go To Space Die is an instrumental space rock band, and you can get their latest release, Red Air Don't Care, on Bandcamp today. Thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode of the podcast. Again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Share it with a friend. Get the word out. We think we're on to something special here, and we love having you be a part of that. Till next time, this is Matt Alano Martin, hoping that you find some music to have and to hold. <laughs>